Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to River Glen. Uh, whether you're here in person or online, I've got to give my peeps a shout out at the Pewaukee campus. Uh, we are so glad that you've decided to join us this holiday uh, weekend. If we haven't met before, my name is Ryan, uh, and I am the Youth and Groups Pastor over at the Pewaukee uh, campus. And before uh, we start, I actually want to invite you. Uh, next week, we are starting a brand new series uh, called Detours, and, and we're going uh, through the story of the Old Testament character named Joseph. And we're going to be talking about all that God can do in the many detours of our lives. And I actually think that's really related to what we're talking about today, uh, which is uh, our fifth and final uh, week of our Blessed series. Uh, it's all about how we can love the very people around us, right? We started with uh, a begin with prayer, right? That we need to pray over the people around us and see what God might be doing. And the second is that we need to listen. We need to be slow uh, to speak and to have all the answers and actually listen to the story of others. And then we also, uh, many people's favorites is probably eating, right? That we, uh, there is something special about uh, sitting down and connecting over food. And the fourth was to serve, right? To actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. And uh, today we're in our uh, final uh, uh, S, and it stands for sharing your story. And when you uh, first hear that, you might just kind of want to tune out, right? Oh, this, uh, this one isn't for me. I'm going to do some dribbling or uh, scribbling here. And, you know, uh, you know I, my story might be too complicated and messy, and I don't really know God that well to ever share anything, or, I, you know, I don't want to impose it on others, right? The excuses and the hesitations that we have uh, run rampant. And we're going to talk about those, but really, I want to suggest something first. First, I want to suggest uh, the fact that I think we all have a story. See, the more I reflected on this concept of stories while writing the sermon, I started to ask myself, how have I personally been formed by the stories of others? Uh, as I was thinking about this question, I remembered when I was a junior in, in college, and on paper, I seemed to be living uh, the college dream, right? I was doing well in school, I ran cross country and track and field, and I, I had just landed a pretty uh, good internship. My story seemed picture perfect, but on the inside, it just felt like I was drowning, my schedule was packed. I had no time for friends or any kind of uh, fun. I, I felt like I was constantly disappointing someone by having to say no to something else. And I, I eventually, I couldn't handle it. I didn't know what to do. I, I was uh, anxious all the time. And I kind of had this mental health crisis. And my parents called and said, hey, maybe, maybe you need to come home. And so I came home for what I thought was going to be a, just a long weekend, and I, I got uh, some professional help, and I was actually put on an antidepressant. But soon I realized I probably needed to be home longer than just a weekend. And honestly, I was humiliated. I had so many things that I would have to cancel, and I knew that I would have to call uh, one of my professors and, and tell him that I don't think I would be back for uh, quite a while, and I, I couldn't complete my internship, which I was doing uh, for credit, and it was the last thing that I wanted to do. Was it going to delay me from graduation? I don't know. Uh, my spiral thinking went crazy. Was my professor uh, going to think that I wasn't even fit for ministry in the first place? Uh, was he going to fail me? I had no idea how he was going to handle this. And eventually, I finally mustered up the strength. <laughs> 
in my car in the driveway, <laughs> and I explained the situation while trying my hardest not to get choked up. I finished it as, as fast as I uh, could, and once I was done, there was this brief silence. And then my professor spoke. And what did he do? He shared a story. He shared his story. He didn't say he was disappointed in me. He didn't say I, uh, there was no way around this. Instead, he told me how a couple of years ago, uh, he started dealing with bouts of, of sadness and uncontrollable uh, uh, just feelings of, of down. And he didn't know what was going on. And his wife made him uh, visit a doctor. And he was diagnosed with clinical depression and was put on a medication. And he told me the name of the medication. And it was the same exact one. I had just started on. I couldn't believe it. His story uh, was the opposite of everything that I had expected, I had made up in my head, right? That simple phone call changed so uh, many of the assumptions I had made about what it means uh, to battle with mental health and be a Christian. It showed me a way through that it's actually uh, manageable and that ultimately I'm not alone in my struggle but I never uh, would have learned any of those things had my professor not been willing to open up and to share his story with me. And after sharing his story, he asked to, to pray over me. And during it, he, he recited this verse that I don't think I will ever forget. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Life can be hard, and we, uh, no one will ever uh, fully understand the complexities and the fullness of who we are but I believe that everyone has a story. And I also believe that sharing stories is how we connect with others. In fact, I might uh, go as far as to say that our story is one of the most vital things that we actually have to offer people. And I think this uh, plays out well with a man in the Bible that encountered uh, Jesus. It's kind of a, a weird story, right? It comes from John 9, and there's this scene, right, that where uh, Jesus and his uh, disciples, his followers, uh, are walking, and they stumble across uh, this man that from birth has been blind, right? He has known nothing but darkness, and, and being blind at that time, there was no braille. There was really no way uh, of seeing things or anything uh, like that. And so he lived in this constant state of confusion. He lived in this state of just uh, a darkness. He was unable to make sense of anything around him. Everything was darkness. But then one day, then one day something happens, right? Jesus uh, is, uh, uh, comes across this man, and what does he do? I'll be honest, it, it, it's a little weird if you know the story, right? It's, it says that Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. And this is just a super normal thing that you do with strangers, right? So we're going to do a visual demonstration. I invited Garrett. I got a big old loogie, uh, and he's going to come up. No, I'm kidding. We won't do that. We won't do that, right? But he, I mean, literally, he coughs up this big old loogie, spits it on the dirt, and makes mud with it, and then puts it on the most visible part of this man's body. 
his eyes. And then <laughs> to make matters worse, what does Jesus do? He goes, you got something on your face, buddy. You might want to go wash it off, right? He like, like, there you go, right? And so uh, this man goes and finds a pond and he uh, wipes off his eyes. And as he does for the first time ever, instead of just a pit of darkness, he starts to see light. For the first time, he's able uh, to see the world in a way that he never thought possible. He never knew existed. It was a world uh, full of light and not just dark. And as he runs back home to tell everyone, people literally don't even uh, recognize him, right? They ask, oh, who is this man? Because he can't be the beggar. That, that guy was blind and helpless. and He didn't know what the heck was going on, right? In fact, speculation uh, ended up getting so bad that the religious leaders uh, became really upset. They became upset because something this transformative happened and they had no explanation that they had no uh, way to explain uh, the, the amount of transformation this man just experienced. And so they come back uh, a second time and they say, uh, they, uh, a second time they summon the man who had been, bo been born blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And what does the man say? He replied, uh, whether he is a sinner or not, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. But the one thing I do know is my story. The one thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. See, his one encounter uh, with Jesus transformed this uh, man so much that people won't leave him alone because they have to know what happened. They don't even recognize him. And he says, I don't have the answers. I don't know. I just have my story. I just know that I was blind, and now I see. And that's a simple, simple story. But it's an impactful one, too. Because it's one of hope. That this uh, man went through such pain and, and darkness, yet now is living in a way that he never thought possible. He admits that he doesn't have all of the answers, but he knows that he has a story worth sharing. And now you might be asking, okay, but why do we as Christians, like, why do we feel the need to actually share, right? Why can't we just keep this to ourselves, right? Like, why do we have to uh, go out? And I think the reason, and I'll explain this, uh, the reason is beautifully summed up uh, in something one of my professors by the name of Greg Boyd uh, shared. He said uh, that God can't change our past, but God can change its meaning. So I, uh, I do ceramics here, uh, and I think this is a good example, right? So this bowl, uh, I think I made this in, in high school on the wheel with clay. Um, and I really was going for a nice blue bowl uh, with no drips. And um, it looks green, uh, and there's a lot of drips all, all over, right? And the fact that <laughs> once I turned around, like once I uh, discovered that I messed up in some uh, way, Right? I could have just thrown it away because I can't repaint it. I can't go back and change it. I can either throw it away or say, you know what? It's kind of now the vocal point of the whole piece. Right? I had not planned this, but its imperfections kind of make it unique. I can work with it. Right? And I think uh, uh, that's really why we share. We share our story because of our hope 
in Christ. I hope not that God will change what has already happened, uh, but rather turn it into something meaningful. That God uh, will take a man like the blind one whose story has nothing uh, but darkness and turn it into a testament of what the light can overcome. And friends, that, that's ultimately the story of God. That God refuses uh, to be without us or give up on us. That God enters into the story and history of the world through Jesus, literally uh, dwelling with us in order that everything might be made right. And that's the good news, as simple as I can put it. And so we share because our story is part of a much, much bigger story that involves the renewal of all things, and it's our call to participate in it. And once we understand that, once we understand the why, we can start to ask the how. How, how do I share? What do, what, what do I do? And if you've never really thought about your story, I think a good uh, place is to start with this basic outline. The first is to ask, who was I before? What did my life look like before I ever met Jesus? What, what were the things uh, that, um, you know, defined my life? And the second is once you get that down, uh, to ask what changed? Was it a moment? Was it this conversion experience? Was it uh, this great encounter? Or maybe it was simple as a conversation or something just seemed to click. What was it for you that uh, made you want to say yes? to following Jesus. The second part is to answer this question, who am I becoming? What does my life look like now? What are the defining characteristics of me uh, since this change? Who do I strive to become and what are the things uh, that define me and form who I am becoming? And I think it's actually uh, important, uh, I want to note that we should ask this question, who am I becoming? Because it implies that our story is not yet finished. That there is, is not a finish line for us in this life. That we aren't fully formed. We're still learning what it means to actually live in the way of Jesus. So for an example, the blind man, uh, right, his, his uh, three-part story might be something like this. Who was I before? I, I was a blind man uh, living in darkness and pain with no hope and no future, right? And what changed? Jesus healed me in the craziest way possible. It's a little humiliating, but it was the craziest way possible. And who am I becoming? I am becoming someone that understands the beauty of sight and the power of Jesus. And so if you've never thought about these questions, I, I want to encourage you, maybe take some time uh, this week, maybe write them out even. And really reflect on them. Who was I before? What changed? And who am I becoming? When we do this, I believe that answering these questions will uh, not only allow us to see the ways that uh, God has been working in our lives, but to help us feel confident in the fact that we do have a story. And, and it is worth sharing. But I need to be honest with you. It's not always that easy. In fact, a lot of us probably feel reluctant to uh, share our stories. It's something we don't want to bring up. We don't want to talk about. And honestly, I get that. And so uh, I want to break down the four most common, I think, uh, hesitations that we might have when it comes uh, to sharing. 
And the first is that maybe when it comes to sharing your story, uh, you feel insecure for a variety of reasons, right? Maybe uh, that it's too messy with so many ups and really bad downs that you don't want to get into, or uh, your story is too complex and complicated and just uh, won't make sense. Or maybe you're almost jealous of uh, the people that have these incredible stories that, uh, of these encounters with God, right? That, and it's just incredible and you don't have much of a story. Honestly, I hear the way uh, some people talk about uh, their prayer life and how they just feel so unbelievably connected with God, and I think I might be doing something wrong. (laughs) It makes me feel like that. But then I remember something. A couple of months ago, Ben shared a quote from uh, Pastor uh, Greg Groeschel, and it claimed that you may impress people with your strengths, but you connect with people around your weaknesses. You may impress people with your strengths, but you connect with people around your weaknesses. And I think that is so true, that we don't have to have this amazing story that follows this perfect linear line, that everything's uh, great and everything works out great. But uh, and truthfully, I don't think uh, we can be understood in a single story. We're complex humans. We are messy. And so maybe for you, your story might not perfectly work into that outline I mentioned earlier. And to that, I say, that's okay. I'm not convinced mine does either. And see, this, uh, this very idea is going back to the ceramics. This is something I have kind of had to learn, right? As a, a, a potter, right, you can go to Target and buy this bowl for, I think I bought it for like 12 bucks. Right? And it was made from a machine on a, some conveyor belt from a mold. Right? And, and literally, it's uh, about perfect. Right? It's uh, a perfect uh, white and smooth, and the walls are uh, perfectly even, and uh, it's identical to all the rest. So you can buy as many as you want. And so as a potter, it's like, how are we even in business? And I think it's because many people actually will pay more for uh, something unique something that actually shows off its imperfections, something that embraces it, something that shows that it has character and a story. And I think uh, the same exact principle applies uh, to our stories and lives, that people uh, crave realness and connection. And it's that very connection of our uh, shared humanity, right? uh, Us being real with one another, us admitting that we aren't perfect, that ultimately connects us with God. And so if that's you, maybe uh, maybe the question is not what does your, you know, conversion story look like, but what does following in the way of Jesus look like? How does faithfully uh, going in the way of Jesus look? look like? How has it impacted the way you view others and treat others? How do you view your world and your place in God's activity in the world? And maybe you might be thinking, uh, 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 you know, sharing, sharing personal stuff with people makes me really uncomfortable. Like, that's, that's why I don't share. It makes me uncomfortable. And honestly, uh, I think that's normal. But I do think it's important to uh, discern maybe the reason why we feel Uh, this way. A lot of times I think we might feel uncomfortable because we uh, don't know the person super well. We worry, what are they going to think, right? Like, how do I just randomly bring up my story, right? And honestly, I think it's actually wise to wonder uh, about your level of trust with others when dealing with really deep things. 
And if you feel like it, maybe it isn't there, maybe that level of trust isn't uh, there, maybe you need to do more with the first four steps, right? Maybe you need to, to pray and, and, and to listen to them and eat with them and get more comfortable with them. But I, I also want to remind you that it's ultimately not a checklist. This, this whole series is not a checklist of, okay, you just have to pray for them once, and then you have to uh, listen to them once, and then you have to uh, eat with them once, and then you're ready. You know, and serving. Don't forget about that one. Check that one off. But it's not. I, I want to remind you that true investment with someone, it's not for a certain agenda, but because followers of Christ are called to radically love others by being with and for them. Because Jesus is also with and for them. Yet I also uh, think it's important to acknowledge that honestly, there might always be some discomfort when it comes to sharing ourselves with others. But I don't think that means it's bad, right? If you've, anytime you've exercised, it's probably pretty uncomfortable, right? Your body might be like, what are we doing? We are not made to run, like born to run, that's a lie. Sit on the couch right? It's uncomfortable, but you do it because there's a greater purpose, right? You want health. And I think that uh, is, uh, when we frame it that way, we can understand that uh, discomfort isn't always a bad thing. The third uh, reason I think uh, can be similar to this, and it's that you don't want to impose your beliefs on others. And I'm, I, I kind of want to make this one simple for you. Um, don't, don't do that. As simple as I can put it, I believe, in fact, when people do this, uh, it causes a lot more harm than good. Nowhere in our calling as Christians, I think, uh, does it say that we need to manipulate or convince or force our faith on other people. For too long, I think Christians have actually used uh, religion as a way of oppression by imposing it on others. And I think that is simply the opposite of our call as uh, Christians to be a community of people that lift up others and not force them into a way of life. I think maybe a better way of, of framing what sharing the gospel uh, is like is summed up by this uh, a quote from Pastor D.T. Niles. He says that sharing our story is like one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. See, that is the humility uh, that we should have when going about all of this. Understanding that uh, we are all humans in desperate need of a Savior. But here is the thing. Simply inviting people to church or, or, or telling them that they need Jesus, I think is actually too small of a vision for our mission as a church. This whole series, right, has not been how to go and knock on a, a door and hand people a pamphlet and give them a speech, but instead how to actually be a blessing to others and join in on what God is already doing in our community. To share in any other kind of posture uh, is ultimately, I think, can be seen as ultimately just the, the easy way out, right? Because it never leads to a, a deep connection or investment with others. And that's why I'm not here to tell you how to evangelize. I'm here to encourage you to just share your story. Because telling your story in, in a humble uh, way should never put you above another person, but instead right next to them. 
just as Jesus was. See, we're all uh, connected. We all have uh, questions and we all certainly have struggles. And so we need to walk humbly in life. And I actually believe that our heart uh, matters far more than just the content of our story. That we're called uh, to actually treat people as friends and not just a project. And so our, our, our job is not really to maybe shove uh, the Bible down people's throats and, and get them to, to memorize this and know this and say uh, this certain prayer, but instead create a space for an encounter with the living God to happen. The fourth, and, and maybe uh, this is you, right? The fourth is that you just don't have what it takes. You say, okay, I know my story is valid and I know that I'm not imposing, but I just don't have what it takes. But I, uh, I really, um, and maybe, uh, maybe you might be new to this faith thing, right? That you don't have all the answers, that you have questions as well. In fact, uh, maybe you feel like you have a lot of unanswered uh, questions too. And, and honestly, I, I get that. In fact, uh, honestly, I've spent my whole uh, life in church. I even went to school for this. But really, I have more uh, questions now than I think when I was 16, and as much as it pains me, I am never going to have all the answers. But it's in those moments when I, I feel like I don't know enough, when I have to remind myself that having the right answers is ultimately not what connects me with God. And it certainly doesn't prohibit me from sharing my story. In fact, I, I love this a passage. It comes from the book of Acts, and it mentions that uh, some of the very people that followed Jesus during his uh, ministry, right? It says uh, that these religious uh, leaders, they were questioning them, right? And it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, Jesus' disciples, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus, I mean, these are, are two of the most influential Christians to ever live. And Luke tells us that really, they're just some dudes. They're ordinary, unschooled men. I mean, that is not a compliment. I don't want to be called that. And it, he says, literally, the only noteworthy thing about these guys, the only thing that sets them apart is that they had been with Jesus. It wasn't that they were super smart. It wasn't that they were rich or had a lot of money or, or this uh, fantastic, amazing life. Instead, it was uh, uh, just that they had an encounter with the living God. And it's important to remember that we ultimately can't control when, we can't control how, we can't control why God decides to show up. But we can create opportunities and spaces for others to enter into the love of God. Our stories matter. I think we're formed by stories. In fact, I don't know if I would be standing here uh, sharing this all with you if it wasn't for the fact that my professor cared enough about me to share his story. He had every right to fail me to say, hey, I'm sorry you're going through this, but there is nothing I can do. You're going to have to uh, just add on another semester to your college, right? That's it. But instead, what he did was he shared his story. And by doing so, he entered into mine. 
like Jesus with the blind man. He, he showed me a light in the darkness. He opened up uh, my eyes to the fact that I can uh, still struggle with mental health and be faithful to a God that loves us. And it was both his uh, compassion and investment in me that allowed him to, to say, don't worry about class right now. We'll figure it out later. You need to do what you need to do right now. Take some time and figure it out. And for the first time in, in too long, it allowed me to take a breath, to see the goodness and the beauty that Christ offers us. And it gave me the courage to, to go to my supervisor at my actual internship and to tell him why I had actually been gone, how I had actually been feeling. I had a pit in my stomach the whole time until he told me that he understood some of what I was feeling that he uh, has been wrestling with anxiety himself and <laughs> was also, just like my professor, on a medication for it. But the craziest part is that he asked to pray with me. And he started by reciting a verse. And I kid you not, it was the same exact verse my professor read. That God's yoke is easy and that his burden is light. See, I believe God works through our stories even when we don't even realize it. And so I ask you, who in your life desperately needs to hear your story? What relationship do you need to invest more time into? How can you give yourself over to someone through your story? Or maybe for you, it's as simple as am I familiar enough with my own story that I'm able to, to share it with others when the opportunity emerges? See, I truly believe that your story matters. And it opens a, a space for a change to take place. But this can only happen when we break out of our comfort zone. When, when we get real with our story, when we get real with our lives. But I also promise you this, that the more we invest in the lives of people around you, God can do something with our story, that he can change its meaning.